Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back as we're learning about the radical Christian life, and that's what this podcast is all about. And man, we're glad for today. We are going to dive into the radical Christian life and deep, dive deep into Bible study and exegesis because uh, we're done with the last couple of weeks. We <laughs> talked about situationships and sex and intimacy, which Dating is, they were great. Things. And um, yeah. probably they'll be our most popular listens as we, yeah. uh, as we cross the threshold. We're seeing the numbers and the metrics of what people listen to. And um, yes, yeah, Excels, even on our podcast. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Considering right we don't sell anything or make any money off of it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so today we want to go literally, like we're saying, dive right into the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask you a question. This is something that happened to me. So I'm going to take the mic. You got it? You yep. mind, Paul? I'm going to take nope, it. Okay. Because I want to ask people who are your influences? Mm. Who, and this hit me the other week. I was uh, doing one. Influencers of, who or influences? Your, who, yeah. Who are your influences? Yeah, who's influencing you, or who are that's your... influencer? Who is your influencer? Is that right? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're that... influencing who people. influences you? There you go. There you go. Does that make sense? <laughs> that Thank you. Is good. Wow, I love it. You are correcting my grammar, and I'm the grammar guy. So wow, I'm really having a day. Uh, and, uh, this so, should be fun. Yes, it should be. But this yeah. came out of one of my. I was just came off of a mission trip, and I was in Dubai. And I was sitting in a hotel in Dubai, and I was reading a book on love. I got this book. I'm, that's my one of my things this year is I'm diving deeper into learning how to love. And be careful what you want the Lord to work on you for a year, because I'm having a lot of opportunities to apply this. Mm. And so, but as I, I wanted to just learn more, and I got this book by a popular author, and I started reading it, and it just wasn't encouraging. And, and, and I was really struggling with it. And basically, I felt it was a bunch of psychobabble. Uh, and then I... I thought, wait a minute, this is a popular guy. He sold tons of books and he has seminars on this and all that. But my soul wasn't edified. And so I immediately closed it and I said, I want to read something else. So I opened up my (laughs) tried and true I had on my iPad. I have the old copy on my desk, but I keep one on my iPad too of Thomas Akempis, The Imitation of Christ. Thomas Akempis was a monk in the 13th Mm. century and wrote this book that influenced a lot of people during the Reformation. And it's still a classic. Mm. You listen to our books that have uh, our podcast on our favorite books, Mm -hmm. that book's on there. And so I started reading it and my heart was stirred. Wait, just the title, The Imitation of Christ. Yeah. Like I'm just reminded continually that we want to um, model our lives after other people and it's about Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Well, well, Paul being able to say, imitate me Mm -hmm. as I am, be an imitator of me as I am of Christ, Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 11.1. But I started reading, man, I just started praising and repenting and crying and worshiping and, and, and I really was growing in my love toward Christ and others as I was reading that book. And I, and then I just reflected after I got done and I was just, milling around, I just started reflecting on why did, why was I so frustrated with the other book and Mm. didn't do anything, but the other one spurred me on. Now I want to be careful here. I don't want to be judgmental, but what it seemed to me and the verse that literally just popped out, that's the verse we're going to talk about today was Luke 9, 23. You want to read it? Yeah. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Who said that? I believe it was Jesus. Jesus, yes. <laughs> yes, in case you didn't care, we just the referenced Sunday it. The Sunday school but, yeah, answer, yeah. Jesus. Always say it was Jesus. Jesus, though. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Famous verse. Jesus talks about picking up your cross and following mm-hmm, him. So, mm-hmm. 
So then I, it hit me. I just, and again, I want to be careful on judgmentalism, but one seemed to have been more into this world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, I had to buy his, you know, you, he sells his books and makes money off of his books and he holds seminars that you have to pay money for. So all this and, and he, and he lives a comfortable lifestyle. His book never said anything. Uh, I want to be careful. I want to just, that's all I need to say, but it just hit me of like, mm. huh, I'm learning from this guy who, who looks no different from a secular person who's writing mm. a book on love and who's holding seminars on love mm. and, 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 you know, living their lifestyle the way are yeah. versus the other book. Thomas yeah. Akempis. And he he chose to live a monastic life and he took care of the poor. Yeah. And um, he copied manuscripts of the Bible. Yeah, that was his job. In the so that months. people would have the word to read. And he devoted his life to prayer and contemplation. So that's quite a difference. Yeah. For our younger people, yeah. there was a period of time before there were copy machines or you just printed them out from your computer. Mm. So this is where... No m- digital. Yeah, these <laughs> yeah. monks would... He literally would sit in his, his little room, his cell, his little and spend hours and hours copying the Bible mm. so that people would have scriptures. Mm. So churches, literally churches, mm. could have a copy mm-hmm. of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what he devoted his life to. Devote his life to taking care of the poor, like you said. And that. Yeah. And I'm just contrasting that and saying, huh, yeah, I can see why I was stirred by one and not the other. Mm. Uh, and again, that can you learn something? You, you know, Balaam learned something from a donkey, right? So you can <laughs> learn something from anybody. That's so. Please hear what I'm saying from the heart. Yeah. But it started me thinking. Maybe this is why Martin Luther, mm. who sacrificed everything to to, to nail those 95 theses on the wall, because no, he was influenced by Thomas. Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas, yeah, yeah, and he became an influencer in the righteousness. And so mm. now, when I in fact we had a group of disciples the other day, and it was funny. I was asking them, I go, what, you know, talking about the famous Martin Luther him and they all looked at me like what is it (laughs) (laughs) young people listen study Mm -hmm. some of the great hymns of the faith Mm -hmm. martin luther wrote a book called i mean wrote a song a mighty fortress of our god and it ends with let goods and kindred go let goods and family go in interpretation this mortal life also the body they may kill god's truth abideth still his kingdom is forever This guy sacrificed everything, was kicked out of his church, kicked out of his ministry. They wanted to kill him. He had to go in hiding. All these things to 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 speak the truth that justification is by faith alone. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's one person who has influenced us because he's an influencer for righteousness. Yeah. Who yeah. else is on that list that well, we were just talking we've, about? We've talked about. I don't think these are new names to you at all. Amy Carmichael. But it's good to remind them. Why? It why? Is. What, Who why fought would, sex trafficking before that was a thing at the turn yeah. of the century? She stayed single her whole life, dedicated herself yeah. to the Lord to fight sex trafficking in India and change a culture. Yeah, yeah. That's somebody I want to read her book. Yeah, Elizabeth Elliot. Yeah. Widowed twice yeah. and still went back to the tribe that murdered her husband to share Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's. That's somebody you might want to listen to. Yeah. 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 My, mine is Justin Martyr. I, I'll, in fact, I'm going back and reading the Church Fathers again. Have you never read the epistle of Justin Martyr, the, the life of Justin? Read about his life and then read what he wrote. You got the name Justin Martyr. You might be somebody <laughs> we should, that's somebody we should probably listen yeah. to, right? He's heard yeah. that name. Augustine's another one. I mean, St. Augustine uh, sacrificed everything to become an influencer for righteousness. Mm. And he dedicated himself to studying the scriptures and teaching theology to mm. the church. Yeah. And Corey Ten Boom, one of my favorite, which you, you know, they, her family housed Jews during the occupation, the Dutch occupation, 
by Hitler, and they ended up going to concentration camps, and many of them lost their lives. But what I want to say about this, these people didn't start out to be influencers. No. They didn't do it for that purpose. They didn't write a book and do all this. Like, this is actually the life that they lived. Yeah. Like, they just lived down Jesus before, and because of that, their lives influenced others. Yeah. We have it backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to hear what every 20 and 30-year-old says who hasn't lived life yet, who's just writing this, and and half of them is publishing because that's how you get influence, and that's how you Mm -hmm. get popular, and that's how you build your whatever, your net worth. I'm just going to say it. Well, I want to read people who did it because of their love and their desire mm-hmm. to serve Jesus, and they were yeah. willing to pay whatever it cost to do it, and then they became influencers. Like you said, I love what you, yeah, that's perfect. So mm-hmm. so who are you listening to? Who's influencing you? Well, yeah. what, so what does this have to do with the topic that you saw on the title about carrying your cross? Well, we were just talking, how do we want to live our lives so that maybe mm-hmm. that would happen to us one day? That mm-hmm. people would say, well, our kids or our grandkids or our great-grandkids would say, mm-hmm. I want to read what Poppy said. I want to read what Grammy said because they they understood what Luke 9.23 said. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's going to be a lasting legacy. That other guy's books, I, I don't want to judge him again, but I bet 100 years from now, nobody's going to know who he was. Mm-hmm. I bet his books and his house is going to burn and all that money he got from, hopefully he builds up tre- treasures in heavens and stuff like that by making poor people buy his book. Anyways, that's another story. <laughs> but, yeah, you know my feelings on that. That's pretty <laughs> evident. If not, listen to the end of this podcast and you'll get my 10 seconds feeling on that. So we've said this before, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, let's read that verse again, okay? Luke 9, 23. Yeah. Listen to how G- what Jesus says. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So my point is the people we were talking about, I think they had learned this verse and were mm. trying. They were trying. Nobody was perfect, mm-hmm. but they were trying to apply it. Yeah. Now, before we exegete this verse, because that's what we want to do, we want to talk about a word that's not in this verse that is so used in so much modern preaching and teaching. Mm. Yeah. It's an insert. <laughs> it's... um. Yeah, it's eisegesis, actually. When we read into the text what we think versus exegesis, which is taking out what the the text actually says and just saying it. So, you know, there this word, and you'll hear it sometimes, and next, we want your ears to be open to this if you ever hear this passage mentioned, willing. Yeah. He must be, oh, no, no, no. It just means he must be yeah. willing to deny yeah, himself. If anyone is willing to deny himself and take up his cross, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say it. Uh-uh. Jesus doesn't say it. You, know? uh-uh. <laughs> you just, doesn't. you have to do it. So what we want to talk about is, I love that, Paula. Mm. Say it again. We're going to do some exegesis mm. instead of eisegesis. Mm-hmm. We're just going to look at yeah, Explain that again. The Bible again, says. Because what, what so is exegesis? Ex, exegesis. Ex is outer. So out you're of. taking out of, out of the, the scripture, what it actually means. Eisegesis is iso meaning in, and that means you're putting into it. You're reading through your grid of what that means. So you're disregarding culture and historicity yeah. and the meaning of the words and all that. And you're just going to make an application out of something that's not actually there. Yeah. It's a little different than this, but, but the point is, is 
we we add that in willing. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to talk about how we've applied it, how we're still trying to apply this mm. verse. Uh, this comes out of the, we've talked about this book so much. We have a podcast. Now. Go back and find the podcast and read about True Discipleship by William McDonald. We were mm. just talking to a book, group of uh, couples who come over who had read that book and how it just rocked them. And it's like they're wrestling with it. And, you know, it, it might make you neurotic and we apologize in advance. <laughs> you know, go sell everything and you go live in the jungle. And yeah, if your spouse is like, I don't want to do this. Well, we apologize. <laughs> Apologizing, but we think it's there's a, a radical middle. It but is. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. a counterbalance because so much of it is. modern preaching is not calling people to deny themselves daily mm, and pick up their cross mm. and follow Jesus. So mm-hmm. um, this this is what we've tried to apply for a lot of years of our lives. Mm-hmm. When we started living the radical Christian life, thirty eight years ago, thirty seven years ago. Mm. So. Um, well, 1986, somebody with good math figured it out. But anyways, <laughs> when we started diving deep, deep and living this. So this is how we've applied it. So let's yeah. go to the very first point of yeah. that verse. Um, well, our first point is deny yourself. No, it's not our first point. It's the first point of the verse. It's the first point of the verse. Yeah, I just <laughs> did eisegesis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, deny yourself. It, yeah. It's right there. Yeah, Jesus says deny yourself. Yeah, yes. yeah. And one of the ways that we have tried to um, work this out in our own life is the sexual, which we've talked about the last couple of weeks. So we don't want to spend a massive amount of time on this. But you know, the old the old word for that is fornication, which nobody uses anymore. Sexual desires, yeah. sex outside of the covenant of marriage. You have to deny yourself. That you do. and yeah. this is the biggest thing for you. Single people need to hear this mm. of thinking, oh, everything is going to be okay once I get married. Yeah. And then how many people get, are disappointed? And if you listen to our podcast we did a few weeks ago when we talked about um, the purity movement, if you listen mm-hmm. to that, it's really good. Even if you're married, listen to how that mm-hmm. and the people pushing back against that and stuff. Of, um, But the bottom line is you have to deny yourself. But if you think you get married and it's going to, you're not going to have problems after you're married. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's called adultery. That's, that's the biggest <laughs> misnomer yeah. because people think that it will just solve their issues yeah. in that area and it doesn't. Which is great because Hebrews 13, 4, let marriage be held in honor among all people and mm-hmm. let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral or fornicators and, and adulterers. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. So the immorality, fornication, all that is before marriage or sing for single people and marriages about adultery, mm-hmm. looking, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing, lusting in your heart after somebody else instead of the spouse God's gave you. So both of them, but in both cases, whether you're single or married, you're still going to have to deny yourself. Yeah. 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 So there's, yeah, there is, there's a denying of self. And first yeah. Corinthians six eighteen is a great verse for this flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. You know, yeah. you know what practical application I would, uh, we haven't, we didn't do this. I wish I would have known this when I was 28, 32, 40, you know, wrestling with, mm. you know, lust in my heart, you mm. know, wandering. I didn't praise God. I never went anywhere and, you know, kept faithful to you and all that, but the struggles in my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wish I would have known this even as a young man before we were married, but even after marriage, fasting, mm. the discipline of fasting and how it's connected to sexual morality. Mm. If you, I mean, okay, I love you, but I can go without sex a long time. Mm. <laughs> I really could. You know, if we have to, I can do it, Paula. I know you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, but I can. But I can't go without food. Mm. Eating is actually a greater craving than sex. Yeah, that's true. That's why you fast, because it's mm. teaching you to bring your body into submission and putting your body under your, what we talked about this, but under your spirit. Mm. Your spirit controls your body. You don't let your body control your spirit. Well, when you do that in physical fasting, you're also practicing it in this area of sexual desires. Hmm. 
I, that's so, a great point. Yeah. And I, I thought about that yeah, for a while. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a huge one. So if you're struggling with that, practice the discipline and listen to our podcast on spiritual disciplines. We talk about fasting. It's one of the things we should have incorporated into our spiritual life. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So anyways, that's the first way we mm-hmm. practice denying ourselves and have over the years. What's another way we've practiced yeah. it? Material desires. Yeah. You know, when it talks about denying yourself, that's that's a pretty big one yeah. out there because we all struggle with that. Yeah, I want to buy that. I want that now. People I, in I, poverty struggle with it and yeah. longing. People that have a lot struggle with it because they just add to it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's one of our great idols. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, and yeah. and you know, people go in debt for this. Mm-hmm. Um, they lack storing treasures in heaven. Yeah, for yeah, this, that's a great distinction. Uh, I'm glad you brought that one up because when we were talking about that earlier, we all, you hear a lot about debt, mm. and you know, follow Dave Ramsey, and I'm yeah. like, well, Dave Ramsey's a prosperity gospel preacher in some ways, if you think about it, because <laughs> you know, hey, if you do this, you're gonna have a million dollars. Is that your goal to have a million dollars in the bank, or is your goal to? store up treasures in heaven. Mm. And you know, I, yeah, I, we hate debt. You've heard me talk about, I've never been in debt in my life except for two houses. And those were investments, not debt. And so I'm huge against it, mm-hmm. but I'll meet rich people who aren't in debt, but they're just falling. They're succumbing to their material desires mm-hmm. too. I would, I wait, wait, would a minute, wait a minute, finish on that. Okay, go ahead. I don't know if you were listening to me. I was. So how are they fulfilling, not, not fulfilling, not denying themselves in material position? Cause they're not in debt. So what's wrong? Yeah. Well, you're right. I think it place is a longing, uh, an idol in your in your life, and then you're not storing up treasures in heaven. Yeah, like so, you're not actually putting in something that actually matters. So maybe you can afford it. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen this. I, I would I would disagree a little bit in the sense of it's just not the rich. It's the middle class. It's more. It's how you're spending your money. Yes. Whatever whatever well, yes, money you're right, you're is right. beyond like your basic need. Yeah. Well, However I'm just saying because we've it. come back from a very poor area of the world, we and did. and so yeah. so I'm saying that middle class are rich yeah. in America. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm is, not rich in like. Well, yeah, very true. do you own a car? Yes. Well, okay, you're rich, <laughs> more rich than most people in the world. Yeah. You know, do you have a house? Okay, yeah. Do you own your house? Oh, well, now you know you are rich. So, yes. so yeah, you're exactly right. But just because they're not in debt doesn't mean mm-hmm. they're not bound and then they're they're not denying themselves right and following Jesus right. in that area. Yeah. Yeah, those are two biggies, yeah. sexual desires and material desires. Yeah. They're, they're big ones. And why I guess we're talking about this is because the statistics are clear. I mean, what what the church, the average church receives, uh, the ties amount to about 2.5% of everybody in the church. Mm. And the average, like, well, I don't I'm going to get my statistics way off. So I don't want to say, <laughs> most people- Well, you know what Christians, it is about statistics, yes. you can just make them yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Most people in churches, the statistics say, don't tithe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? If people would deny themselves and take up their cross and follow, daily and follow Jesus mm-hmm. and, and support their church through the tithes that God's word talks about. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're wound, you know, I don't believe in the Old Testament tithe, great. Give 20%, you're free. <laughs> you have freedom in Jesus Christ. But I say at least start with 10. Okay, so- yeah. It's already God's anyway. Do you know how much the church could do to reach the poor? Yeah. Do you know how many orphans and widows? Do you know how many foster care systems the church? I love our church, you know, helping with the foster care. So mm-hmm. churches can start these initiatives because the government's screwing it all up. Well, quit complaining about the government and let your church do something. But mm-hmm. the church can't do it unless you're putting your money into it. And that's what it means by storing up treasures in heaven. That's it why does. we deny ourselves so that we can invest in kingdom principles and kingdom initiatives. I love that. Man, I just went on a rant, didn't you I? did. That was. Because it comes out of Proverbs 28, 20. <laughs> But you actually define the term. What do we mean? 
treasures in heaven. Yeah. It's things that are eternal. Yeah. They have eternal value. Yeah, I love Proverbs twenty eight twenty. Uh, actually, it's one of my memory verses because I sometimes get caught up in wanting to be uh, get rich. I want to look at my investments and like I want them to turn over overnight. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all that kind of thing. Because I want to make money to give away, and so mm-hmm. we want to. Mm-hmm. We want to. It's our Thank money. You. It's our money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A faithful man will abound with blessings. This is Proverbs twenty eight twenty. But whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. uh, okay why don't i go somewhere where i'm not put my money let's put our money somewhere (laughs) where we won't get punished Mm. and it'll have an internal investment yeah so anyway we beat that one dead enough let's what's the third way we can but this is wait a minute i don't mind no because most people aren't listening to this yeah most people aren't talking about this yeah how is true i don't i don't see if the biggest discussion in churches how do we deny ourselves i don't know let's go oh you're getting radical let me go more radical than you i don't think that's the discussion and and we have to be reminded ourselves yeah like at the end of the day we we wrestle with it yeah so yeah we're just preaching ourselves well thank you for listening (laughs) you're just listening so yeah yeah. Yeah. believe me if we think you think we have it all figured out turn Mm. off the podcast and find somebody go listen to joe rogan (laughs) maybe he has it all figured out no don't do that no okay (laughs) So uh, we don't smoke weed on the <laughs> on our podcast. So if you don't know what I mean by that, then good, you're not yeah, a Joe Rogan yeah, fan. But exactly. anyway, go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we digress. Okay, so career would be our third one. Yes, yeah, D- and, and really, what we'd say about that is just slothfulness. Yeah, denying yourself by working hard. Yeah, by denying yourself because we all want sleep. You know, but the proverb, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little phoning, hands of rest, and the destruction comes. You know, mm-hmm. you have to deny yourself and get up out of the bed and go to the job. Yeah. You have to work. Yeah. And I love to tell young people, even going into ministry, I love to say this young pastors, oh, you know, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to hang out at Starbucks and talk to people about Jesus. And go, <laughs> wait till reality hits. Yeah. Just like every other job, there's a grind. Mm-hmm. I have never met a person yet when I talk to them about their job and I say, I love to ask this question. So what do you hate about your job? And they look at me kind of funny. I go, <laughs> no, come on. There's a part of your job that you have to do that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And every job has it. Yeah. And the, the lazy ones avoid it. The lazy <laughs> ones don't, or they don't take that job or they're bad at their job. And so maybe they have the job, but they're horrible. They're not getting promoted. That kind of thing. They're calling off. They're not showing up. That Proverbs 22, 29, what's it say? Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Yeah. Deny yourself and show up to work early. Yeah. Deny yourself and stay late if some, you have to. Deny yourself and go the extra mile. Yeah. And be such a good testimony to your bosses. Yeah, your coworkers are going to mm-hmm. hate you because they're part of the world and they hate their job and they hate their lives. And they're going to complain about you because you're actually showing them up because you're doing what you're supposed to. Yeah. You you use a really important word, their testimony. Yeah. You know, we always think that that is um, stopping at the side of the road and feeling the homeless who's yeah. who's begging. That's not it. It, no. it is. I'm not saying that's not it. Your work. Yeah. What kind of testimony do you hold in the world? Yeah. And that that would be the biggest one. Yeah. Is a Peter who talks about, um, yeah, if you suffer for righteousness, mm. rejoice. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's fine. You should be persecuted for righteousness. They should hate you because you're so good at your job, not because you're so lazy at your job. Yeah. That's yeah. why skirting they- skirting yeah, to get by. Hate you. That's a strong word. Yeah. You know? Well, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So there- one part of the verse. That's some serious yeah, exegesis, yeah, Paula. Exactly. I don't know if we'll even get through a, a what one sentence verse oh my here, goodness. but let's get into the second yeah, part. So after take, we deny ourselves. Yes, we take up our cross daily. Yeah. The key word there, and this is Luke's twist on it, because in Matthew, it doesn't say the date. It says daily. Yeah. Mark has it in Matthew. It talks about taking up your cross, but Luke inserts the word daily. Mm. Now, okay, can we... Let's do a teaching moment for our people. Mm. This is a great thing because you have the things called the synoptic gospels. 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. They tell the story of Jesus, and it's called synop- synoptic because it means with one eye. That's mm-hmm. the Greek mm-hmm. with sin, with with, and optic is eyes. Optics, you know, opticians and optometrists. So they're seeing it with one eye. Mm. But if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they tell the same story, but there's different f- versions. Nuances. I mean, nuances, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, yeah. you know, John's his own thing. John just did his own <laughs> thing. It's like, hey, you guys got that covered. I'm going to tell another version of Jesus. Another, not another version. Sorry. That's heresy. So That's eisegesis. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. He's going to tell another nuance of how, because he lived with Jesus and all that. So Matthew did also. Mark and Luke are writing from the, the people who influenced them, P- Peter and Paul. This is good. You're learning. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But so did Luke get it wrong? Because when Matthew and Mark say just Jesus said to take up your cross and follow him, mm-hmm. when he says to take up your cross daily, was that Luke just inserting his word, his version? What? What? That's the. I bet there's kids stuck in the car and the parent just said, be quiet. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a good question. I got to think about that. Yeah. Mm. And that's what a lot of your scholars will say now. Mm. Well, yeah, Luke was just giving his opinion and Matthew just gives his opinion in certain ways. And so these are all just opinions because we don't really know what the truth is. Mm. No, the truth is Jesus said many of the many sermons over the course of his three years of ministry. Yeah. It wasn't just the ones we have recorded. Yeah. I bet he sometimes said, yeah, take up your cross. Other times he wanted to emphasize something, take up your cross daily. Mm. I've preached the same sermon, uh, multiple times. I have mm. a couple, I have a couple winners. <laughs> Believe that or not, I have a couple winners that I keep with me in my back pocket. And in fact, I just got, <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Don't talk about how I just got asked to speak somewhere. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give a one minute prayer. And they said, Hey, can you speak for about 15 minutes? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Ooh, okay. Better reach in the back pocket and pull something out of here. Yep. But you know what? <laughs> I never say it exactly the same way because I'm reading the audience. I'm looking how I, this is going to apply. And, how, and so that's what I'm sure Jesus did. So Luke isn't lying that he said, Okay, I'm going to take this version that I heard, or, or Paul's repeating to me, and I am hearing, and and Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the scripture. So that's what. Okay, we're getting all sorts into deep thinking. <laughs> some of the some people are listening, going, "Yeah, let's go, Doug. Come on, let's go down deeper." And others are like gagging, going, "Where are you going with this?" But this is important. Mm. It's just to show you again, you can trust the Bible, and I love it because I want to see all the angles of Jesus and the mm. Synoptic Gospels help us not to see it in just one version, but it's helping us to see the different versions, seeing the different flavors of how Jesus talked at different times and how he did different things. So we're getting the whole picture. Yeah. I love, I love that clarification because people do stumble over things like that. Like, Oh, okay. Then it, no, it's not correct. Yeah. So, so what is this daily? What is it where we can talk about? Well, I, I would love to read this uh, quote from Haddon Robinson. Oh, Haddon Robinson. Yeah. Famous old preacher. He wrote the book called biblical preaching that most evangelical sermons in the 80s and 90s, up into the 2000s, even today, it's still one of the great preaching man books. And if you're a budding preacher or want to aspire to be a preacher, read the book, Biblical Preaching by Haddon Robinson. He was and, the dean of preaching. And he was a great preacher, yeah. which I yeah. love. He just yeah. didn't like, you know, those uh, who can't nobody teach could tell do. Is yeah. that what? Yeah. No, those, those who, who can't do teach, teach. Yeah. which is not always true. He but, was, yeah. Boy, he could tell us stories. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, well, he says this. We all want to give our lives for God. I can remember when I first got saved, I was going to set the world on fire for Christ. Billy Graham would be my assistant. I was enamored with being a martyr. To get that white robe in Revelation 6, I was going to have to do something great for God all in one big shot. It's as if I was worth 
$1,000. And I went to God to present myself as a $1,000 bill. And God was pleased that I was willing to present myself. However, he told me to take that bill and go to the bank and there get it changed to $1 bills. And when I got the change to come back and present myself to him, $1 at a time, a dollar for sitting with a widow in need, a dollar for diligently week after week, studying his word and sharing it, a dollar for interceding in prayer for a hurting member of the body. Yes, God wants our lives, but he wants it $1 at a time. That's a great summary of that idea of taking up your cross daily. We all want to do the big thing. We all want to, you know, and 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 for me, I want to be a martyr. I mean, Justin Martyr's my hero. I want to be a martyr, you know, and I could go out and do it stupidly and I don't want to get a crown (laughs) in heaven, you know, when God's timing. But but that's not that great. Mm. I used to think that would be the greatest thing. That's (laughs) not that great. I chuckled when I read that because I was thinking, Yeah. yeah. I just told you today, my brother, my brother goes four to five times a week to serve mentally handicapped adults mm-hmm. in, in this group home that, that, that tries to, or actually it's a work, work program that he helps. That's, that's what that means. Mm. Daily sacrifice. And he going lives into, with a special needs daughter. Yeah, and he has a special needs daughter. He does, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's people like that that are, I mean, that's a close to home one. It's the people who are willing to show up to Sunday every, we were just talking about, we have a parking team at our church and mm-hmm. I always joke with them. I go, there's a special crown in heaven. <laughs> I call it the, one's the heat crown and the other is the rain crown. <laughs> you know, a little jewel that goes in your crown for these people out in the parking lot. If you're up in, you're up in the north and you're doing parking in the snow, you just get a whole crown. There's not even a jewel. You just get a whole crown. But I mean, they show up week after week. Mm. That's denying themselves mm-hmm. daily or weekly. That's mm-hmm. the consistent. Because they want to park cars? No. no. Because they want to make the the um, experience great for people who might never come to church or maybe it's their first time. Yeah. I, I was talking to one of them today and I loved his, I, I love this because he said, you know, we try to get people to come on the team and, and, and we have a broader view of team at our church because that's where you have community. Yeah. And um, so he was saying, you know, people say to him, yeah, that's not really my calling. And uh, if you're listening to this, this is shout out to you. Um, and he goes, well, you know, it's not really my calling either. I'm a, I'm a, a, a vice president of a bank but I do this because it helps bring people to Jesus. I want to serve. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. And that's, go so, it, um, that's, oh, wow. I, I didn't even pull up the, the whole key because we're just, we focused on the daily part. We didn't even get to the cross <laughs> part. So you know what, Paula? Mm. It's time. So we're going to stop here. time to take a break? We're going to actually make, only us, only you and I can make a one-sentence verse into a (laughs) two-part series. Yes. But I think that's that's actually what exegesis is. Mm. It's digging into the text and pulling the jewels out of it. It's pulling the the nuggets of gold out of the verse. Yes, it is. That's what you, you just don't read over a verse. You dive in if you want to study it. So uh, I think we're trying to practice that right now. So thank you for listening. And I hope you listen to part two, because we're going to dive deeper into what it means to take up our cross daily and then what does it mean to follow him thanks for listening to the radical christian life with doug and paula i think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate but we just want to say do what you want we trust way more in the sovereignty of god than in the christian industrial marketing complex you just keep living radical for jesus and so will we and let's watch how he blesses us all we'll see you next time